The following podcast is brought to you by a site called Fred.com. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Matt Cohen and Brendan Creasy, Fagged and Borday. What up, what up? I am Matt What's Cohen. Up? What, what? 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 You don't even let me fucking, the first words out of my mouth? You're I didn't get to in? say what's up. I was going to give you your shot, man. I'm sorry. I wasn't going to fucking steamroll over it and be like, I'm the only one talking tonight. There's another dude at the table, but pay no attention to him. Though his shirt is fucking up. Brendo's wearing a shirt right now. For those of you who can't, by the way, folks, welcome to Bagged and Boarded. Thank you for being here tonight. Um, for those of you who, who can't see, and of course, I'm referring to the blind, um... Brendo is wearing a shirt with a bunch of cartoon characters, and it says "cuteness overflow." Brendo, you are a cuteness overflow. Is this is this part of, is this part of the gay transition? I don't know. I thought it was funny. How long ago did you buy that shirt? Like last week. Post being gay. Yes. Would you have bought that shirt pre coming out of the closet? No. Okay, so you were in a store, and you're like, "That looks gay." It was actually shirt.woot.com. Shirt. We're well, giving them a plug, trying to get some free yeah. shit. Maybe. Send them all the gay, send him gay shirts, shirt that Totally. Way. Like if you got a shirt with a, with a fucking unicorn cuddling a kitten and it says like, sweet attack. <laughs> send it his way. If you've got, if you've got like, um. You should submit that design. They take, it's all user submitted. Should designs. I? I should, I should create a gay line of shirts just for you, man. Like, it could I'll, be gay, sh- gay shirt woot. Gay shirt woot. Yeah. That was pretty creative. Um, I'm going to spend all my time just, crafting uh shirts to help you further come out yeah like you know what i mean that'd be awesome like uh w- one with like a real cute sparrow <laughs> and he's got like a birthday party hat on and he's like uh it's my party question mark yeah like i feel like that's kind of gay <laughs> you know what i mean All right. i mean i'll admit i have some gay shirts i have a um i have a 90210 shirt that on the back says west side forever yeah and when I, when I lived in Manhattan, thank you, yeah, it's a badass shirt, right? When I lived in Manhattan, the nostalgia value of it was like, oh, that guy's fucking, this was before the hipster thing, so that was like, that guy's ironic and I like him. <laughs> I want to talk to him and ask him if he like, instead knows of, about Samuel Beckett. Instead um, of like, you're being ironic and I hate you. Yes, like, exactly. So now, but now that I live in, now that I practically live in Beverly Hills, whenever I wear that shirt, I think people just think I'm a tourist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I had that even going gayer. I had a Beverly Hills 90210 bedspread as a child. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing with with 90210, folks. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch it. I was born in 1984. Brenda, where were you? When were you born, sir? 1980. Oh, you old motherfucker. How's AARP? <laughs> you talked to Wilfred Brimley lately? Oh yeah. And know. did he tell you where the skeletons are buried? Because that dude has killed a lot of drifters. I yeah, feel and like he told me he told me to watch out for my diabetes. Your diabetes? <laughs> Only he can get away with that. Um. So I was born in '84. You were born in in '80. And why? Wow! Shit! Look, it happened already. Marijuana. The. Uh, I'm just. Whoa. Uh, just marijuana. I forgot what we were fucking talking about, dude. Why was I born in 1984? I don't know. You're talking about 90210 bed. Oh, okay. Thank you. So when I, I <laughs> look at that, he brought it all home. Um, 
1984, I was born. 90210 came on the air in what, like 89? 89. 89. So when it came on the air, I was like, fucking love that show. I'm gonna do the math. I'm gonna do the math real quick. Five or six. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm bad at math. And uh, 90210 came on, and I wasn't allowed to watch it. I watched it with my mom. Right on. Your mom was more permissive. Well, then that's yeah. not true because my mom is a fucking massive stoner. <laughs> I know. My mom's just an asshole, I guess. I think my mom gave like She up was getting high point. and being like, hey, the kid wants to watch the show and I won't let him. I think my mom just... I love 90210. Dylan McKay is my favorite. <laughs> hey, Matt, how'd you like 90210? Oh, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, so I used to sneak it and eventually she let me watch it and... Where did you start? I dude, Donna I Martin graduates? I, like that what? season? I have no... I was about to explain it. I, I watched 90210, but, and here's the thing. I watched it for fucking, to, to get in with the ladies, man. Oh, okay. Cause the girls, a pretty good the girls strategy. watched it. It's like the Sex and City thing, which I didn't do because that's just too fucking. I much. watched it just cause I was I like, liked look, it. if I have to watch Sex and City to get laid, I will be fucking Rivers fucking Cuomo celibate for the rest of my fucking life. Yeah. And I'm gonna get a guitar and shit and like some smart glasses. Yeah. That's the guy's name, right? Yeah. Wasn't he celibate for a while? I don't know. Yeah, everyone knows that, right? Yeah, that? everyone knows that shit. But, um, so now to know, I tried, I tried to, uh, so I was trying to impress the And you're girls. singing like Beverly Hills. No, it was one of those things I did like, That's like. That's where I wanna be. No, thank I you. Know. I'm an arbitrary dude. And I, like, I do shit to, uh, fit in, or I used to at least. Like, I'm a, uh, fish is, I just accidentally pocket dialed Guillermo Diaz. <laughs> Say hi, everyone. Um, uh, you know what fucked up? If that wasn't a famous person, I probably wouldn't have shared the name. So fuck <laughs> me. Um, he was on the show. It counts. He's a friend of the family. Uh, yeah. when, uh, 90210, I tried to impress the girls, but here's the thing, and it, it, it's my arbitrary nature. Like, when I was 16, I got heavily into pot. Yeah. I mean, I'd been smoking for a while, but I was like, this is, this is a lifestyle now. And everyone was like, shut up. And I'm like, no, it's a way of life. Fuck you. So, um, I realized that fish was like, all my stoner friends were going to fish concerts, and I didn't know anything about fish or jam bands. I'd, Never really been into music. Like, I'd listen to music, obviously. Yeah. Like, in the elevator and shit. And at the dentist office, that one song that's like, turn around. I heard that a couple <laughs> times. But, um, so, so I, I, I was like, Fish, that's the group to get into. And before I had heard a single Fish song, and this is embarrassing to admit, I went out and bought, like, the 500-page Fish compendium yeah. book and, like, learned everything there was to learn about the band before I had even become a fan of them. Oh, yeah, dude, I know. How so I, it was like, I'm going to be a fish. It, it, was, it was a foregone conclusion. Like, okay, I'm a fish fan now. Just the music will come later, I guess. It was the same thing with Beverly Hills 920. Like, I, I watched it for the sake of watching it so I could be like, yeah, Brendan and Branda, or what, Wal Whoa. the Walshes. I don't see. That's the thing. Brenda I don't, and Brandon. You thank like you. reversed it. Literally, I, I, only, I only had the bed sheets to you tell chicks I had the bed sheets. I, I got to say like, something real quick. Go for it. Fuck Brandon Walsh because for the rest of my life after that show, people will always call me Brandon. And what's that your name? Me off. My name is Brendan. What's your last name? Creasy. For up until about three months ago, and I've known you for like five years, I thought your last name was Casey. And it's still in his phone. I've never changed it, but I did. At one point, I added Creasy. So now it, when he calls, it says Brendan Casey or Creasy. But yeah. no, I just added the question mark for effect. No, but I had nine two and no bed sheets, and I remember being like, "Okay, you have to like this show because this is what the girls like." This was like post Zach Morris, so it was like, "Okay, you're done with being Zach Morris. Now you have to be Dylan McKay." Uh, it, like that translated to different stages of my life. So I would lay there at night, and what it was was the bed sheet was different graphic logos. One of the show, one of the Peach Pit, yeah. I think. 
one of like a like a Cadillac or something. Yeah. And then the bed, the pillow was literally a cameo shot. Uh, not a cameo. I don't know how to describe that. A panoramic shot of all the cast members. Yeah. And what wow. I would do every night was, I would speed memorize. I'd go Brendan, Brendan, Dilla. See, I can't even remember their names. Dilla. I would go. Dilla, yeah. I would go Brandon, Brenda, uh, Kelly, Andrea. Dilla. Like I would go see who goes quick as I can to try to memorize their names as fastly as possible. That is that part of your OCD behavior? I think so. That and I love pussy. Um, <laughs> so I I like nine hundred two and zero. Man, you know what I was thinking about? Uh, this might be kind of apt tonight. Um, if you could go back in time, what would you do? One thing I would definitely do is try to have some more sex before I got bald. Uh huh. Not that like it's dried up entirely. Which it has, but uh, I, ma- I make no effort, and I feel like, here's the thing, it's possible to have sex as a bald man, but you need to work a little harder, and I'm a fucking stoner, so like... I know what I would do. What would you do? I think I would have gone back to Brendan in 90210, I mean, Brendan in 1989, watching 90210 with his mom, and I would have been like, dude, you're gay. <laughs> you would have told like a 12-year-old kid he's gay? Yeah. Like some big, scary, giant, red-headed man <laughs> fucking busts in the room. And your mom's like, oh, my God, who is it? Call the cops. He's like, shut up, lady. You're fucking gay. Yeah. En- enjoy 90210, homo. <laughs> I'm jumping back in my fucking pink time machine. Brendo, out. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Toads. Uh, that would have been your move. See, like, I don't know, man. There's the... The bald thing, but that's that's selfish. Here's the thing: you can't fuck with the time continuum. Everyone that's knows true, that. But you could fuck with people, well, just not, a little bit. Well, it's not that. What would you do? Like, what? What do you? You have some weird plans in your head? I don't know. Like, I'd go back in time and like because you know, like we don't know what would happen if you killed Hitler. But like, maybe I would just like fuck with him a little bit. Like, okay, here, here's what it is. Here's what it is. I got it. All right, I got it right now, dude. I got it right now. Okay, and a, okay. I should be saying that because I'm Jewish. You should go back in time and kill, like, St. Patrick? <laughs> I don't know any Irish people. Um, the potato famine guy. That was a guy, yeah, right? I would have killed the potato famine. Some guy was like, I'm taking all the potatoes. Enjoy the rest of the winter, arseholes. Um, I would have been like, no! <laughs> so, no, man. I would. Uh, here's the thing we would do. Okay, we couldn't kill Hitler. No. Because, that would, on a selfish level, I, I like having a show at the Smod Castle. I like getting to have cool guests on and fucking whatever. I like my life right now. I like my dog. I yeah. like the current crop of new television shows. Yeah. Um, totally. Things are good. Things are good. So you can't fuck with the time stream. So killing Hitler would, would irrevocably ruin time, basically, because who knows? I would probably never be born. You know what? Who? Yeah, every single fucking thing. Like, let's go to the Star Wars analogy. If, if C5, what's his name? R... R5-D4? Yeah. If R5-D4, the little red and white droid, didn't have a fucking faulty, whatever it is, vapor fucking condenser... None of that would have happened. The Empire would have fucking won. So, yeah. like, we can't fuck, we can't fuck with time, exactly. man. Exactly. But, so we can't kill Hitler, but here's what I think we can do, Brendo. I think we, we don't, see, we, we can't even stop Hitler from starting. We have to let Hitler kill everyone he killed. We have to let all of time happen exactly yeah. how it happened. Exactly. So our only choice is really this. Um... It's like 1943. Yeah. Hitler, Hitler's fucking peaking. Yeah. Like, if he were a band, he'd be so hot right now. So we, like, time travel to the Eagle's Nest, Okay, right? check it. Yes. Exactly. Exactly, dude. Yeah. We go to the fucking Eagle's Nest. We time travel, like, Hitler's got a bedroom, and I'm sure he's got guards outside of it and double guards, and at night... So we land inside the bedroom. Chill a second, man. Chill. 
Jesus fucking Christ, chill. Okay. Um, uh oh. Uh, so, oh. so, so he's got like guards and double guards and triple guards, and he's like, I'm going to sleep now. Do not disturb me. I need my beauty rest. <laughs> you know, like this mustache doesn't grow itself, you know. So, like, Hitler, they let Hitler go to sleep. He's got his little nightcap on and shit with a little fucking eagle sticker on the top or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, um, he's like, would you bring me a glass of warm milk? Thank you. Leave it outside the door. So, whatever. They go for the night, and the guards are doing their thing. They're smoking cigarettes, doing what Germans do. I don't know, killing Jews. Um, or thinking about killing Jews at that point. Yeah. So, we land in the fucking eagle's nest, and Hitler's like, oh, my God, what is this? What is this? Here's what happens. What happened? I'm like, what the fuck is up, Hitler? I'm Matt Cohen, a Jew. See this guy? He's gay. And now he's going to rape you while I watch. Yeah. You then have sex with him. See how excited you are? We then, I'm not going to touch him or anything. So yeah. this is all on you. You hold oh, him down. Yeah. Have your way with him. Yeah. And I'll like take pictures and laugh. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, you like that, don't you, Hitler? And here's the thing. Here's why we can rape Hitler and get away with it. He's not going to tell anyone. No way. So like... Hitler's gonna go through the rest of his year of life, like, with a fucking little quiver in his lip every time he sees, like, a redhead or, or thinks about the Jew, you know what I mean? And he can't tell a soul, because that's, like, his- And it torments him. And it's fucking tor- like, that's why he eventually kills himself in the bunk. Dude. Holy shit. We did go back in time, and you did fuck Hitler. Yes. Like, way to go us. I know, right? That guy, you know what I mean? Like, you're welcome, the world. <laughs> fuck yeah, you're welcome. Abe is like, why are we killing ourselves? I thought things are going good. He's, He's like, like, the redheads are coming to get me. He's like, I can't tell you my libshin, but it involves a ginger and a Jew, and I don't want to live anymore. <laughs> it's just Hitler taking really cold showers for like weeks on end and shit. And, and fucking Goebbels is knocking on the door and he's like, mein Fioro, it's time for the rally. And he's like, give me 10 more minutes, please. He's, oh, just sobs and shit. <laughs> but at the same point, we would reinf, like, yeah, see, it's a double-edged sword. Cause yes, like, it wouldn't be awesome. Hitler wouldn't enjoy being raped by you, I don't think. I don't think so. But at the same point, I would reinforce the stereotypes about Jews. Cause on his deathbed, he'd be like, I told him the Jews were fucked up. This one time, this thing popped out of mid-air in the middle of my room, and this bald little elven Jew came out. <laughs> and he made fun of me, and then this big guy put his Stoffenstucker in me. <laughs> I was right all along. He's like, watch out for time machines. That was his final message. <laughs> and like, like everyone's like, what were Hitler's last words? And he's like, watch out for time machines. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> Maybe he should have killed himself. He was losing it towards the end there. Yeah. And then the guards are like, um, Hitler, we brought your milk. And like, we were like, you don't fucking tell a soul about this, Hitler. Or we'll come back and do it again, bitch. And you smack him in the face a little bit. And then you kiss him. Yeah. Cause you're a, gen cause you're a generous lover. And then, and then we roll out, and the guards are like, uh, Mein Führer, I brought the milk. And he's like, just leave it outside. Like, dude, we would, dis we would destroy Hitler's ego and psyche. Totally. We should get working on that technology, I feel like. How do you know I'm not doing that right now? <laughs> That's what you do in your daytime. You're like, yeah. I'm building, people at work are like, hey, Brenda, what are you doing? You're like, I'm building a time machine to fuck Hitler. They're like, oh, nice. A, that's amazing. You know how to build a time machine. B, you're going to fuck Hitler up. You're like, nah, I'm just in and around the ass. <laughs> They're like, what? You're like, yeah. I'm, I'm going right. to anally violate Adolf Hitler. What? You have a problem with that? I can't see anyone being like, that's wrong. Yeah. Don't rape Hitler. Hey, don't rape Hitler. You know yeah. what I mean? 
I feel like all all fucking rules go out the window when it's Hitler time, kind of. Yes. Imagine if that dude was alive today. I just feel like he would have such a tough time of it. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of animosity and shit towards him. Like... I think it'd be like on The Simpsons and like hiding in Rio or somewhere. You know how like celebrities can't go like food sh- he, Hitler couldn't go anywhere, dude. No. <laughs> Hitler, can you imagine trying to be Hitler? That'd be horrible. Like Should he you? goes to buy groceries and he's just like, hello, I would like, I would like, I would like a head of lettuce and some halibut. Like he's trying to reach out to yeah. the Jewish community, so he's he always sneaks in one kosher item. He's like, and five bratwurst and um. Egg and onion matzah? <laughs> and they're like, fuck you, Hitler. He's like, but I'm 110 years old. And they're like, imagine if like Hitler's alive today and he's immortal. Like that's... <laughs> and then for like hundreds and hundreds of years, people are just like, fuck that guy. Yeah. And he's like, I wish I could die. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be a good punishment. So that's the better part of it. You rape him once in like 1943, and then he lives like the next, like the entire human. It's it's Hitler sitting on the fucking rubble of like um all of human existence and shit. Like Manhattan's burned down to the yeah. ground, and Hitler's like sitting there staring at the fires, and he's like, I hate life. You know what I mean? Totally. He's like, 60 years ago I got raped, and like it hasn't been good since. Like, yeah. you know what? I'm starting to feel bad for Hitler actually. No. 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 All right, I guess not. I mean, I've never been raped by you, but I can't imagine it. Look, I and mean, then I'm not saying you're not an. I'm not saying I don't like people shouldn't want to have sex with you, but rape is an angry, violent yeah. thing. So no one should want to be raped by no. you. I just feel like that would really ruin Hitler's day. But that's what we want. That is what we want. Who else would you want to fuck with in time, man? I don't know. Who else? Like, isn't that fucked up? I when think you? I would fuck up, fuck with some of the guys that like beat me up in elementary school. What would you do to him? Well, like, okay, you know, in Little Monsters, when he like puts the piss instead of his apple juice, like shit, like that. I'd do that shit. All You're like, the time. I would do shit from movies I liked as a kid. Yes. You're like, I would just watch movies and do shit. Yes. Like, what what else would you rock, man? You're like, I would fucking enter a video game competition. Oh yeah. And my rival would have a power glove. And there'd be a little kid who doesn't talk, and a kind of hottish older sister character. Yeah. And a dinosaur at one point that yeah. we go into. What else you got for me? What else would you do to the bullies? Um, I would. Uh, it all involves like somehow getting them to drink piss. Really? Yeah. That's all you can think of. Yeah. That's like the high. That's like the lowest of the low in your book. Well, when you're nine, like, that's your... Yeah, but you're not nine anymore. Okay, well, it was all the things I wanted to do when I was nine, but I was too scared to do. You just wanted to, like, every day you were like, I just wish I could make them drink my piss. My brother and I had (laughs) this... That's all I want in the world is for them to drink my dirty piss. My brother and I once had this master plan where we were going to dump pee on all the bullies. (laughs) And so we literally had, like, an empty sparklets bottle up by our... Because we had two rooms and a balcony... And we had an empty sparkles bottle up on the balcony and we would pee in it every day. <laughs> and so there's this bottle of piss on our balcony. And, and we kept calling like the bullies. We'd be like, hey, we'd call like, hello, is this Matt? Like, well, you I'd, should I'd, come I'd, over I'd, to my I'd, house. I'd call me, call me, call me. I'd be like, ring, ring, ring. Yeah, hello. Hey, Matt, what's up? Who the fuck? Is, how old are we? Um, Like 10. 
Who the hell is this, man? This is Brendan Creasy. I've got the new... Um, you mean that fat... Oh, you mean Greasy Creasy? Yeah. Greasy Creasy, Greasy yeah. Creasy. Hey, uh, hey, Terry, Greasy Creasy's on the phone. Get a load of this. What hey, do you want, Creasy? I've got the new Super Mario Brothers 3. You should come over to my house. So do I, asshole. It came out like two years ago. <laughs> Click. Oh. Boom, you lost the bully. Outwitted. We Outwitted. got to the point once where they were almost coming over, and we had the pee, and we were holding it over... We were like waiting for them to how come long, over. How long did the pee sit there for? Oh, like a long time. Like over, like months and months? Yeah. Did your, and your mom was never like, boys, well, is that a science like, experiment? It wasn't, it wasn't a balcony you could go out on. It was like a fake balcony. Like it had gravel on it. And so they, nobody ever went out there. So there was just a jug of pee fucking. Yes. Sitting in the hot California sun yes. for months on end. And we ended up accidentally. Well, yeah, I was gonna. What happened to the end of that? Jug? Well, we Where were, did that jug go? We were holding it out because we thought they were coming over, and I accidentally let it go, and it just went all over the driveway. And my dad got home, and he's like, "Why does it smell like pee out here?" You're like, "Yeah, fuck you, driveway." Never condescend me again. It was very anticlimactic. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think we thought this through. I mean, no, you really thought it through. You were pissing in a fucking jug of sprinklets every day for months on yeah. end. Well, um, what, I, why did you, were you tortured as a kid with like piss or something? Like you use piss as a revenge, like as a weapon. It was from like, cause okay, it's like mean? Captain Planet. I'm like Earth, Wind, and Brenda was like piss, <laughs> and they're all like, what? I don't know. What am I? Like, like the song stops, and they're like, whoa, 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 we gotta have a talk. <laughs> One of my They're like, we're not combining for shit until we figure this out. One of my favorite movies as a kid was The Boy Who Could Fly. And there's at the end of the movie, Fred Savage finally gets back at the bullies by filling the squirt guns on his wa- on his big wheel with piss. And he's like, this is piss, assholes. And he just squirts them with it. And I was like, yeah. But you live, yeah. In, you live in a world where like, uh, let the right one in exist, where the kids get back at the bullies by murdering them by with vampires at the time that did not exist we're not in that time anymore man we keep going over that like this well, is... i wouldn't go back and kill them okay i'm not saying you should you always say look you have the murder option the rape option which we've used with hitler but then it's like weird That's pedophilia really, that, yeah, then that, you're no. ooh, we don't like that on no. this show Brendo. yo do not go back in time and rape the bullies okay you do me that favor. Do oh, I will find a co-host like that. That okay. shit does not fly around here. Okay, Hitler's no. okay. No one likes Hitler. Yeah, but they're just kids. The bullies, Brendo. Yeah. Stick with the piss. You're right. Yeah, it's fairly innocuous. You know what I mean? Or I would like frame them for like horrible things. Like I don't know. <laughs> like, like what? Like this guy went back in time and raped Hitler. <laughs> like teachers are like I what? Would, like, Deface the school and then I'd like somehow frame it so it's like Matt Elkie did it. Was that the dude's real name? Yes. Well, you really got that in the fuck on the tip of your tongue, ready to go oh, at it's any right moment. There. Do you visualize that kid when you're like working, like when you're doing aggressive shit? Is it still the kid who bullied no, you when you were 11 years not old? Not anymore. Right on. Well, you're growing up then. I am. Good. Good for you, man. Yeah. Right on. Hey, I mean, we we all grow up, but um. We actually don't all grow up, and I never fucking grow up, as nope. we've proven on this show. And one of the major constants in my life has been um, a series of, of films from when I was a child. When I was a little kid, I only had cartoons on VHS. Yeah. My parents weren't into movies, so we didn't have, like, Terminator and shit. So it was all Disney cartoons, and um, Gremlins 1 and 2, mm-hmm. uh, Ghostbusters 1 and 2, all the Indiana Jones movie, 
and uh, two films uh, about uh, two young men from San Dimas, California called Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And ladies and gentlemen, we are thrilled and honored to have with us tonight Bill S. Preston Esquire himself. Please welcome to the stage Mr. Alex Winter. Right here, man. Sorry. D-Rock, Channel One. Also, can we get a Diet Coke down here when you get a chance? <laughs> Good evening. How's it going, sir? Good. Thank you for joining us. No sweat. Um, Do you think Hitler would have been upset if he went back in time and raped him? I was thinking while I was listening to you guys talking that it occurred to me that uh, Inglorious Bastards is basically like a podcast. <laughs> yeah, he stole that from I me. Mean, yeah. you think, I was listening to you guys. I was like, that's better than Inglorious Bastards. Thank I was you, like, sir. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, all right, man. What if what if Hitler like lost the war because like some fucker owned a movie? That's pretty funny, man. But ours. All right, come back next week when we uh, have another podcast. Totally. Thank no, you. ours involved. Uh, but instead of like getting blown up in a movie theater, ours involved that guy like holding him down. That was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more imaginative. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. More visual. Fuck Quentin. I'm not sure I want to see that, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. We'll go to black. It'll be artsy. We'll like go to black for that scene. It'll be all yeah. implied. Like we'll shut the door and you'll just hear it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but, but I thank put you for the joining. bear Jew to shame, man. <laughs> yeah. You are the new bear. You yeah. are the new bear. I'm just um, the bear. I think everyone should be allowed to film on an epic scale their Hitler fucking fantasy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, why should Tarantino be the only one who goes to that? That should be part of the Jewish um, reparations package from the German government. Well, like, yeah, just an, anybody. Enough money to, to yeah, absolutely, film a Ger- yeah. uh, Hitler snuff film. But not. <laughs> Speaking of time travel, dude, um, <sighs> most of us here know you know you from uh, a, a bunch of stuff, but but first and foremost, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, which which I think we should, that always a fucking round of applause because uh, all right, all right. I mean, two uh, two of my favorite films as a child, and and they still hold up to this day. They've they've definitely in every point of my life, I found a new reason to like those movies. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's def- it's definitely cool. we're we're glad to have you here, sir. Thank how you. did how did that first come about, man? How did you how did you take the jump from uh, a NYU film student to, uh, to to the dude who invented the word to the dude who invented the way I talk? <laughs> like I owe you yeah. I owe you money or something. Totally. Yeah, you probably do. Um, we'll talk about that after. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I uh, I'd done a lot of acting as a teenager, and uh, then I went to film school. This is a short version, the very short version. Uh, and I got out to, uh, film school. Cool thing about you went to SVA, right? Yeah, I went to school of visual yeah, art for a while. Yeah, yeah, the NYU and SVA are really close to each other. And uh, anyone who goes to film school knows that that it it's like sticking a vacuum cleaner in your pocket and just sucking all your money out of it, <laughs> all the lint, and then basically all your clothes get sucked into it too. So uh, by the time I was I was three quarters away through school, I was so freaking broke um, that I went to my agent and I was like, I know I said I never wanted to act again. But I really want to act again. Well, because I'm sorry, at this point, you'd, you'd already done a few films, right? You'd no, I'd, I'd, well, what happened was I'd worked on off-Broadway as a kid. So I had an, act, an agent and a manager from doing shows as a kid. And I went to film school. And then about halfway through my sophomore year, I ran out of money. And so I said, I'll act again. So I went and I auditioned for this movie called Death Wish 3. And I'd never yeah. been in a movie before. With Charlie fucking yeah, Bronson. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is much more interesting than, than any of the Bill and Ted stuff. So I'm going to skip <laughs> yeah. the Bill and Ted. Yeah, I'm no, gonna, we'll, we'll go back. I'm going to yeah, please. sort of circumvent Absolute, over to a better absolutely, story. Absolutely, dude. Lead us. Um, Guide us, sir. Yeah. So anyway, so I go and meet the director of Death Wish 3. 
and I have no idea what I'm going in for. And uh, he's this famous British director named Michael Winner who made all the Death Wish movies. Yeah, absolutely. And Mechanic yeah. and all this great stuff. He made a lot of great stuff up until Death Wish 3. But <laughs> um, anyway, he decided to stop for some reason. When third when, one wasn't the charm, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not sure how good 2 was either. But at least, you know, Jeff Goldblum was a rapist in that one. I was yeah. a rapist in 3. made a lot of sense. Um so anyway, Following so I, in a strong tradition, right? Yeah, absolutely. He so, was the fly. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he would grow up to be the fly. Um, so anyway, so I go and I meet this very distinguished British director with a massive cigar in his mouth, and he's looking at me, and I, you know, as as hardcore and tough as I look now, <clears throat> which is fucking crippling. I know you guys can't there. see me, but I, I'm very intimidating looking yeah. um, with all the you know got all the tats and stuff. I'm but sitting anyway, thirty feet away. Yeah. So. <laughs> So I'm, lo- I'm looking at this kind of thinking, why does he want to meet me for a movie called Death Wish 3? I'm assuming maybe there's like some, I don't know, there's like some English exchange student that shows up in the Bronx and gets like sodomized. I'm going to play that guy. And um, I don't know why he wants me. So he's looking at me. He's like, your resume says you were born in London. And that's my Dick Van Dyke London accent. Uh, and I said, yes, that's right. He said, hmm, you're hired. I was like, what? I've, to do what? Don't you want me to like read or no, no, my boy. I I want you to be in my picture. It's a damn good part. He kept saying that. It's a damn good part. <laughs> it's great. Now whenever I cast anything like commercial, I'm like it's a damn good part. I'm dude, like, I would have been I would have been uh, telling people I'm British for years if that's all it takes to get into fucking movies. Dude, it was fantastic. And so he basically, I I wasn't my I was born in England. It's very hard to get dual citizenship because it's not really legal. So I got dual citizenship because Michael Winner is not only a big British director, but he's got some like royal connections and his family's like mega rich. And he basically got me a pa- British passport and put me in this movie because we shot Death Wish 3 in an abandoned hospital in London, even though it takes place in the Bronx. So this guy bought this hospital, the hospital that Charlie Chaplin was born in, built a South Bronx set on the back of it and blew the shit out of it. That's fuck. fuck you, Chaplin. <laughs> in Death Wish 3. That's just... And he like he didn't really have the money to like you know the movie cost an, an insane amount of money considering how god awful it is. I mean it looks like it looks like a homemade porno movie shot on VHS, and it was like ten million dollars and like the the DP had like shot Kubrick movies. I remember being on set one day and it was like they they were arguing. He was like John, line up this shot. This isn't a B picture. We we're like no, this is like a fucking triple Z picture. <laughs> You're like dude, there's you a know, three in the title. Yeah, he was so completely deranged. He thought he was making Barry Lyndon. And uh, <laughs> it was incredible. He's um, like, you are Malcolm McDowell, right? I, 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 I cut, by the end of that shoot, I was Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, I was, I was, <laughs> I was on a bender. But anyway, he, he hired like two or three New York theater actors to come over to London and play the Puerto Rican gang. <laughs> and so my, my name is Hermosa, which makes sense. And... Um, and then another guy who was this Greek Chekhovian actor played, I don't know, you know, whatever his name was, like the the slicer. So and he cast you because you were born in England, but then had you play a Mexican? <laughs> he cast me because I was born in England and then had me play a Puerto Rican, a Puerto Rican Bronx, excuse me. Puerto Rican <laughs> rapist shooting on a hospital in London. Um and anyway, so we just we just went completely bananas. So what happens when I got to London we realized immediately that this was going to be the, the wackest, lamest movie of all time. And so we just fucked with him the whole time. I mean, we didn't, we didn't take anything seriously. And I said to him the first day, I was like, look, man, I'll do my own stunts. And he said, really? 
I said, yeah, I'll do my own stunts, which is really dumb of me because because <laughs> Winter is known for being a sadist. He does terrible things to people, and, and people um, get very scared by him. So I had this one scene I had to do where I had to, uh, it was a very simple scene. I have to jump on the hood of a woman's car. I have to bang on her windshield um, and say things like, I'm going to eat you and, uh, you know, let me lick your, um, you know, the back of your spine or whatever it was. And Normal then, things you would say to a woman yeah, exactly. when jumping on the back yeah, of her and car. The, the car has to like drive around a little set and down into an underpass, and then she hits the brakes. I fly off the car, land on the concrete. I get up. I say, he said, just make up a line. So I was like, God, what's the worst, dumbest line I can think of? Because we were just fucking with him. I was like, okay, I'll, I got this one, Michael. So I go down there. I say, you're mine now, bitch, and I'm going to fucking kill you. I think that's what my line was I made up. It's a classic. I open the door of the car. Bronson steps out of the shadows and hits me in the chest with a lead pipe cut, right? That's all it was supposed to be. I start shooting at 6 p.m. Because I said I'd do my own stunts. Winner spends nine fucking hours just on the part of me jumping on the car before it goes into the underpass because there's like five different cars coming at me for no reason. Just coming at me. You know, and almost kills me, but I'm like, I'm not going to let him, like, knuckle me under. It's like, keep doing it. I keep doing it over and over and over again. The stuntman's going, dude, you got to let this kid go. You're going to kill me. He's like, hey, he did some stunts. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know. Then I he go, was born in England. He was born in England. I got him his passport. It's a damn good part. <laughs> then, I, then I go into the underpass, and I go off the car, and I've got some padding on, and I get up. I say, you're mine now, bitch, and I'm going to fucking eat you. I run over the car, open the door. No Bronson. Shit. Okay, it's now five in the morning. I've been doing this scene since nine p.m. I'm exhausted. My body's hurt from like holding on this car. Do it again. Bronson does not step out. He's got this this kind of rubber lead pipe thing he's supposed to hit me with. It doesn't show up. And again, no Bronson. And again, no. And every time I'm doing this take, she's hitting the brakes. I'm flying off the car. I'm landing on the concrete. I'm getting up. I'm saying, "You're mine now, bitch." I'm going to fucking eat you. Which is hard from a method standpoint after take nine or ten. <laughs> and no Bronson. So eventually Michael goes over to Charles Bronson, who he's made many, many movies with. And he takes him aside and he says, and I'm, of course, <laughs> edging over to eavesdrop, like, what the hell's going on? And he says, um, Charlie, Charlie, it, you have to hit this boy. It's quite late. <laughs> <laughs> to which Bronson replies, him. Michael, I can't hit this fucking kid. He looks like a choir boy. I'll lose my audience. <laughs> <clears throat> Needless to say, when he finally hit me in the chest with a lead pipe, I, I think he broke like four of my ribs and we all oh went home. God. He was like, ah, I fucked the choir boy thing. <laughs> exactly. I'll hit him now again. Can yeah. we hit him again? So, <laughs> so That's anyway. awesome. So you got, you got uh, uh, physically abused by Charles Bronson. I did. Not many people can say that, sir. That's, all, that's, uh, that's a good one. So Death Wish happened. Um, uh, law, we're going chrono chronologically. Lost Boys. Death Wish happened, and then Lost Boys. Yeah, I did. Thank you to Death Wish between my sophomore and junior year of NYU, and I did Lost Boys between my junior and senior year of NYU. You had a productive uh, couple <laughs> That's years. That's like there. what I did on my summer vacation. No, yeah, yeah. I like smoked <laughs> pot and watched <laughs> Tiny Tunes, and like yeah, I was a vampire. So, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, we went and did Lost Boys and, and, you know, that was, that was a lot of fun just because I was so un unbelievably broke at that point <laughs> that I was eating, um, regularly. 
And, uh, and we were up in Santa Cruz, like riding motorcycles. And, you know, I didn't have to do a whole lot of acting. I, I think I ever really did a whole lot of acting in any of the movies I was in. I love that the reason that you're in some of like the most iconic films of my life is because you're like, oh, I was broke. <laughs> I decided to be, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, but you know, I, that's honestly probably most, most young actors motivation. But, um, the, uh, the thing was is, is that I did, you know, I wanted to be in the movies. It was really great to be in the movies. I was working with, I loved watching the people that I was working with, like Mike Chapman, who shot Lost Boys, was like one of the main reasons I was psyched to be in it, was one of my idols at NYU. And he shot Raging Bull, and he worked on Jaws, and he was one of the great DPs. And, and uh, so I really was learning a lot, you know. So by the time I did Lost Boys, I was like, shit, I'm learning a lot more here than I am at film school. So uh, after Lost Boys, I didn't go back to NYU. I just stayed out in L.A., and that's when Bill and Ted happened. And then, and then from there, I mean, so so you're in L.A. You you just done Lost Boys. You'd been in Death Wish Three, which obviously turned you into a star overnight. Overnight, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Choir uh, Boy. I was yeah. almost named after you actually because oh, of really? your role in Death Wish Three. Really, yeah, totally. you were almost <laughs> to be Hermosa Cohen. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> My parents were huge yeah. fans and and kind of stoners, so they didn't really <laughs> think about the outcome of that. But no, right. um, so you're you're living in L.A. now, and and you've done you've done a, a few films at this point, and and um. Bill and Ted, sir. Like, how, how did that? How did that? Wonderful well, I mean, just like any, you used to audition happen. for stuff. You get these calls. They say, "Come in." I was like, "Oh, this is like Back to the Future ripoff. I'll go do that." And um, uh, uh, like this movie you know, sounds shitty. That's for yeah, me. <laughs> whatever, you know. So we went in and auditioned, and uh, uh, you know, it was it was a wacky audition because I, mean, I was talking about this the other day. But they uh, they ran everyone through the ringer because it was it was um, it was me and Keanu. We we hooked up fairly early on in the audition process and then they just started throwing people at us and it was like all these different actors every day it was like me opposite another guy me opposite another guy and him opposite another guy and eventually just came back around to us so it was just auditioning just like anything else well, uh, who was any of the other actors who they were throwing you guys with anyone that's become big everybody it was everybody in town it was like the, they just like raided the garbage can it that's was like awesome. you know it was like one day it was me and Kiefer one day it's me and Polly Shore one day it's like oh my like, god I'm not joking like every day it was so like so many alternate universes well, heads that are like, going through my head right now yeah it was like it became a joke in town that you were auditioning for bill and ted you know it was like that you know like the that looney tunes cartoon with you know sam the sheepdog he's like, hey sam you know I'm clock wanna, clock another bill and ted audition i want to see a bill and ted with like morgan freeman <laughs> and uh yeah the lady from Laverne and Shirley. No, but then, so, so you and Keanu hooked up early on, and then that, so Bill and Ted was originally it was the writers of Bill and Ted had it as an improv. They were improv characters, right? Yeah, Chris and Ed, Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, who are two amazing writers and still write a lot of big stuff. Um, they uh, were doing it as like a stand-up routine, um, and they would do it like a. I don't know if they did it publicly that much. It was like a routine they do for friends, and they would go into some clubs and just sort of show up and improv as as Bill and Ted. Um, and then they sold it, and we, uh, you know, we we all worked really closely together, me and Keanu and, and Chris and Ed, in both movies. So it was kind of a four-headed Hydra, you know. <laughs> is that how many heads Hydra usually has? That's a, No, a Hydra, I think, is five heads. That's a standard, so it was one yeah. head removed from a It was Hydra. one head removed from a Hydra. We were one close, head though. less than a Hydra. That's not bad, day. man. That should be yeah. like a bumper sticker or yeah. something. Yeah. A T-shirt, at least. Everything's a T-shirt. Look at his fucking <laughs> T-shirt. Pretty gay, right? Love this shirt. <laughs> yeah, you do. No. <laughs> no, so so um the thing with Bill and Ted too is uh, when I first saw it as a kid, it's uh, kids that you said your your kids dig it, right? Or yeah. Yeah. fans. Yeah. It's see it's cuz there's I mean especially the sequel more so than than the first one I think. At least in my personal opinion when mm -hmm. I when I was a kid at least 
Because there was heaven and hell, and there were fucking aliens, and like, you know yeah, what I mean? the clowns, man. It traumatized me. Did they? Are they oh, Easter yeah. Bunny? That would have been mean? my hell, like, clown, the Easter Bunny and all that shit. That would have been me, like, that, oh, God. I, I only could watch that scene once. My hell would be watching <laughs> you fill up jugs of piss when you were a little kid <laughs> with your brother. But not the clown. Yeah, but not the clown. No, but see, as, as a little kid, the thing that it's so weird with it is as a little kid when I first saw it, I mean, I, I as most little kids do, it's, it's a, an action fantasy kind of adventure mm-hmm. kind of flick, so that immediately draws you to it. And then when I, first, when I got into pot, I was like, oh, this is a stoner movie. There are two potheads. And I had this whole theory that, and I think I'm wrong, right? I mean... Well, it's a stoner theory, so of course you're wrong. Yeah, but go exactly. ahead. Yeah. I had this whole theory that in the late 80s, early 90s, that they, the studios weren't showing a lot of the pot use. So like Bill and Ted, Wayne's World, it was all these stoner characters that never smoked pot on screen. But I was like, it's implied. Like every time they're not on screen, they're getting high. Right. They're yeah. not stoner. Bill and Ted, I mean, from the man who was Bill... They weren't stoners, right? It was a conspiracy. I have to. You were right. Yeah, there was a a web of That's intrigue. Like, oh, they, well, they were stoners. Yeah, yeah extremely awesome. complex labyrinth of of intrigue behind. <laughs> yeah. every, every time they cut away, that phone booth would just be fucking filled with the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bill and Ted is an anagram for cannabis. Just without the <laughs> without the S's or the the C, and then you add a T and an ampersand. But you add those are silent. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, yeah. But the, but the characters themselves were not were not stoners, right? I think mm-hmm. they get lumped in a lot with. No, I mean it doesn't really. I mean none of that. You know the, that kind of of comic character goes back a long way. Um, what was the was the guy that played Gilligan was like the original Bob whatever, Denver? John Denver. Yeah, Bob John Denver. Bob Denver. One of the and, uh, What was the name of the character he played? Anyway, there were there were Maynard Maynard G. Hebcat. They came out of yeah, they yeah. came out and of the beats. There was all these kind of beat characters that that started in the fifties. Yeah, and there was like a whole T T head kind of vibe attached to them. Um, but with Bill and Ted, the whole joke was that I mean, and this was something that we did think about was that these guys weren't cool enough to be stoners. Yeah, that's part of the humor. I mean, it wasn't like implied that oh, we would go behind the garage and then smoke a bowl and then come back out and be all innocent. <laughs> It was like, I mean, I think with Wayne's World maybe, but Wayne's World is so arch, it's it's not like, you're not, I don't think it's supposed to believe for a second, you know, they have these ridiculous wigs on and stuff. But with Bill and Ted, I mean, the whole joke was that these guys were about the two most uncool kids in the entire school. But I, I think the stoners would have kicked Bill and Ted's ass. That was, <laughs> that's the kind of thing we always thought about. It was like, if we'd have hooked up with like a Spicoli, he just would have kicked our ass. And then he would have went back in time and tried to put And then you would have poured urine yeah. on his head. That would have been very grateful. But I think and then that, we would have gang raped Hitler and the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the things that makes the films hold up though, because, because they're not stoners. There's nothing devious about those characters whatsoever. They're so, in, they're innocent. You're in, you were an innocent. Sinister, but I'm, I'm, am right. I right on that? You yeah, that I mean? was the joke. I mean, the joke was that you know they're two completely wide-eyed, naive kids. All right, someone around just fucking peeled out. <laughs> oh. um, they're like, I don't like all this rape talk. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was the that was the gag. That was the you gag. Know, and and I think and um so. I don't even know if you could call them stupid because it, the words they used, like like the, the this is by far the the deepest analysis of these movies I've ever. Heard. I wanna, <laughs> Dude, I can write. A, I want to interject that. I can write a as, as you sort of progress into wherever it. you're going. Their vocabulary. The two movies I hadn't I hadn't seen in 20 years until about two weeks ago when we screened them. At the I said, Dude, I've seen your movie yeah. like 80 more times than you have. Like, do you want to know about Bill and Ted? Just ask me questions. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> no. Um, the vocabulary uh, was nuts. The language, oh, yeah. like like there were whole. I think there were whole chunks of the last 20 years of my life when I forgot I was actually. In them, so <laughs> do you get yeah. recognized a lot? Like every the, day, 
as Bill, right? So you mean you? No, no, just for other stuff. <laughs> yeah. But like, you were hey, asking. aren't you the guy who yeah. drove by me the other day? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, man. That's with truth. They're like choir boy. boy. I think, choir I boy. I got that once too. Really? really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. No, but I, um. Oops, what was beeping. your vampire name? Like Marco. Marco. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't have told you that. I don't know. <laughs> really, dude? At least it wasn't Hermosa. I mean, what the fuck is it with me and the names? Marco, Hermosa. Like, what do people look at me and go, there's this like, kind of white Jewish kid in New like, York. Yeah. Marco. <laughs> and that's the other thing. White Jewish kid from New York, right? Playing uh, California uh, surfer dude. Yeah, but Keanu's like this Toronto. I mean, neither of us were California kids, you know? And it, it totally were. I mean, I never for a second didn't think you guys were like straight. You know what it's I mean? It's not the hardest accent to master. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've kind of tried to cultivate yeah. it over the years. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the methodology of it, you know, you go to like a mall in the valley for about a 45 seconds. Yeah. Especially in that time period. Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, seriously, in order to get my costume for the second one, I remember, I mean, I literally was like, I'm going to go method on the second one, you know. <laughs> I'm a fucking movie star now. I'm going to, I'm going to go method on this. Man, I'm going to, I'm actually going to play a character. I like looked outside my window, lived in Venice. I was like, saw some dude with his hat on back. I was like, I'm done. Where was I? <laughs> You're like, doing? in Bill doing something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but like the language in those films, like, so, like you guys hardly use contractions. Instead of saying can't, it'll be cannot. Or like, I mean, agree, most egregious. So, so, with the like kind of surfer patois thrown in, if you will, they're not dumb characters because it's like, where the fuck did they get these words from? And they're using them right sometimes. Yeah. They're just naive. I mean, they're, that's more like they're just really, really immature. But the joke, I mean, the thing is, is it, you know, the, the guys who wrote it, Chris and Ned are really, really good with language. And I think that's, you know, the, the parts were really fun to play just from a language standpoint. The, those words are fun to say. The, the actual, you know, the, the weird sort of games we would play with the rhythms of negatives and double negatives and triple negatives are just fun. And, and it kind you know? of instantly pervaded the culture, yeah. right? Was that weird for you to see? Like, it was really weird, especially, you know, uh, the, when the first one came out, you know, the, both movies sort of had the, what we called the Bill and Ted curse. The, both studios that made them went under. So the first, first one was De Laurentiis, right? First yeah. one was DEG. And well, De Laurentiis, like, yeah, he, he's still, he, I mean, he's still producing today, but his, yeah, his company he, went under. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You never know with him, like, why, you know, he was probably just laundering money or something that week. Like, <laughs> we must fold DG this week. He's like, okay. no more movies no for more a DG while. today. He's like, someone called Dario. <laughs> Tell him I need a place to stay. I'm now starting new company today. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so he made the movie for Dino. I don't think he had any idea what he was doing with, you know, <laughs> with this movie. He doesn't even speak English. He's like, and yes, he's a phone booth. Yeah. Two funny guys that are kind of, I think they smoke pot, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> I think there's a conspiracy. <laughs> this yeah. is a, an implicitly implied pot. He was all over the map. I think yeah. right, right before that, they did Evil Dead 2. Like, yeah, dealer all, all over the place. Doing yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he was on a, he just, someone had gotten him to sign a bunch of shit while he wasn't paying attention. Yeah. But anyway, so we did that for them, and they went under. And so the movie sat on a shelf. We shot it, I think, in 87 or 88. And it was sat on a shelf until 89. Yeah, because I noticed just the other day that the it was it was San Dimas 1988. And I was like, wait, this movie came out in 89. That's yeah, really... and we shot in 87, I'm pretty sure. So anyway. That rock here world, Brenda. There you yeah. go, man. That was That's because we had a time machine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, 
So it sits on a shelf. We forget about it. and We kind of did forget about it. And um, we didn't think it was going to get released. And then it got bought for like no money by this really small company that made a fortune. Orion, right? Or no, or Nelson Entertainment. This is the first one still. Oh, okay. The, oh, so only the second one was it? Aurora? I think so. I can't remember. No, Orion okay. ended up distributing it. Right. Okay, right on. Yeah, yeah. Um, now nah, you just lost everyone. Like, ah, distribution talk. Click. Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring it back. Um, Blowjobs. Yay. Party time. Uh, Hitler's sodomy. Okay, they're back. Um, so... Uh, Anyway, oh so my God! <laughs> see, we got him. <laughs> so literally, what happened was, is I was, I was, you know, shooting most of the time in those days, and I was shooting a a, a butthole surfers video in Austin, and uh, when the day the movie opened, and I was down in, in, we were like in El Paso, or we were somewhere outside in the middle of nowhere in Texas, and uh, and it was the weirdest thing because I like I went into a diner to get something while we were shooting, and the whole diner went crazy. And I realized the movie had come out and had become a hit, and we really, that's how we found out. And uh, my wow. agent, yeah, called me and was like, the movie did really well. I was like, it did? You know, me and Keanu would laugh about it, you know, that it's like no one was ever going to see this thing. It was going to be like one of those four o'clock in the morning HBO movies, and uh, which it became eventually. But um, as do all good as, movies. As do all movies. They all go there to die. But uh, it was kind of, yeah, it was really strange because it sort of immediately following that, suddenly it was like, Cereal boxes and like Saturday morning cartoons, Game Boy like, game, like I, yeah. exactly. It like it was like the tsunami of pop culture. Bill and, and Ted still host a show at Universal Studios. They do Florida. the Halloween show. I I, I know. Yeah. You ever sneak yeah. in? Do you ever? <laughs> oh, did I? Yeah. Did I? I think so. No, no offense, but yeah, I think several members of that enterprise have camped outside my door. On have on, you ever sneaked in to fuck with people? Uh, no, to their, like, no. here's the show right here. Yeah. What? <laughs> Later, yeah. peace. I don't even it. sneak into Florida. Peace. Period to fuck with people. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. That's awesome. So, so excellent adventure came out, and, and it was huge. Um, bonus journey was how many years after that? Was that was a few years later. We both went off and did a bunch of other stuff. I was I was mostly shooting. I went and did the Idiot Box after the MTV, that. The MTV yeah, show, right? yeah, yeah, totally, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun, and what and that's a great story. Um, what happened was is, we like is, those. We had a meet when me and my buddy Tom Sturman went to NYU film school together and we made this movie called Squeal of Death. And um, we were big fans of Sam Raimi. So we sent the movie to Sam Raimi and he loved it. And he tried to produce a bunch of movies with us. So we wrote like three movies in a row for Sam and his producer that we tried to sell. One of them um, was this really fucked up butthole surfers movie that became Freaked. Was originally written as a two hundred. Which we'll talk about in, a, in yeah. a few, yeah. But Freak started. We wrote it with Gibby Haynes from the Buttholes. It started as a an extremely intense, like hundred thousand dollar Gonzo, you know, cult movie where basically the butthole, the family goes down to Texas. The Buttholes rape them, put them in a cage, and and use them as bongs for. <laughs> I mean, I that's why that doesn't movie? that movie that's, exist that's, also in addition to Freak? Yeah, that's what we had. That was called Freaks. And um, and we tried to sell that. We couldn't get anyone to buy it. Then we wrote this anthology comedy um, that we worked on with Raimi, and we tried to get people to buy that. And um, Amazon Women on the Moon had just come out and flopped, so no one would buy that. So one day, Bill and Ted comes out. It's this big hit. MTV calls me into their offices, and they're like, we want you to guest VJ as Bill. <laughs> And like that's when you know your life is really. And I was like a film student. Yeah, you know? you're like I went to the best film school in like, the country. I was like, are you? I mean, my thought bubble. Are you out of your fucking mind? That's like you might as well like literally you know cut me off at the knees and like pour acid on my head. That's like, um. And I think what I said was that is so nice of you to offer me that. Um, I'm really flattered. 
Um, but how about we have a TV show instead? <laughs> so uh, we got that was a good idea. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I was inspired actually. So Dude, the London thing, that you're awesome with like getting those fucking things. Done. It was yeah. a damn good pot. So I took <laughs> we took the uh, the laugh out script, which we couldn't get made, the anthology comedy, and we chopped it up, and we made it into the idiot box. And they gave us it was the first live action. Uh, uh, non, I mean, whatever fictional content they ever had on MTV. Yeah, non-musical yeah. content, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was we got to do basically whatever we wanted because you know the the upside for them was they didn't have to pay us anything. Uh, MTV doesn't pay anyone. I think to this day, so I, that's I, their. I think, I think it's their corporate mandate. Notoriously, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. We will not pay anyone anything. They get Kim. Kurt, people get paid in like Kim Kardashian posters. <laughs> exactly. Or something. So they didn't pay a shit. So we went and just shot that. Lots had a great of time. Daily's hair. Yeah. And then literally, I was like, wow, I wonder what happened to that guest VJ Bill thing. And I turned on TV one day, and there's Paulie Shore. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> here's the thing. And if Paulie was well, Bill, he would have done it. And I, yeah. I guess they just asked everyone who walked into their office, you know, do you want a guest VJ talking like a dude? And they would either say yes or no. And eventually they found someone who said yes. But uh, so anyway. That's so how Paulie Shore found a career, because you turned <laughs> right. down the role of guest God, v- God bless him. But... um. <laughs> I mean, come on! In the army now, <laughs> so David uh, Dag is in it, folks. Uh, hell yeah! So anyway, so <laughs> we did the idiot box, and then we went and did uh, we did Bill and Ted too after after that. And and Bogus Journey is probably, if not my favorite movie from my childhood. I mean, that yeah, like like the first one. The first one holds up, and and. As a kid, like I, I didn't love the first one, but as an adult now, I, I appreciate Excellent Adventure much more than than I did as a child. Bogus Journey was from the get go, like the most epic. I think I think I was like nine or ten when it came out. I think it was the first visualization I ever had for heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. So for many years, like that was when I thought of heaven and hell, I thought of like fucking Bogus Journey <laughs> shit, and like William Sadler like dressed up as like a fucking yeah. with the poison lyrics and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Those are good it's, images it's, to have. Yeah, right? Always, always. I like to think of William Sadler every day. At least a few times every day. Why not? I mean, it's good. That and Brendo with Hitler. That's a new yeah. thing I'm going to get into the mix. <laughs> no, but so how did Bogus Journey came about? Studio, I mean, it was, first one only cost like, first one was like seven or eight million it, bucks, it I think. It grossed like over 40 or it something, It made a right? lot of money, yeah. And it made a lot of money on DVD or video or whatever the hell it was in those days. Um, so it was a no-brainer for a sequel from the studio standpoint, right? Or? Yeah, there was there was a lot of talk about making another one. And um, and then we had, you know, all, everyone had a lot more input. So, you know, I got to sort of imprint more of my sense of humor on it, which is definitely darker and weirder. And, you know, we just got to push everything farther. And Chris and Ed got to push everything farther. And... You know, it's a movie that it, it's unrealized, unfortunately, because we our eyes were so much bigger than our stomachs that we we wrote a movie and we shot a lot of a movie that never really made it all the way to the screen. The whole third act of that movie is is me and Keanu used to call it Bill and Ted's omitted adventure because <laughs> because on a, on a script when you while you're shooting when they cut scenes they you get your pages and they say omit on them. And by the end of that movie, it was like all the cool shit at the end we want to do we couldn't afford it. Just said omit, omit, omit. It was like, what are we going to do? It's like, ah, we'll have them play this battle of the band. It was like, you know, it, it basically just tagged the same ending from the first one on the second what, one. What was the original ending? The original ending was that the, the evil uses in order, once, in order to, to, uh, to fight us, they realized they couldn't do it alone. So they get all of our fears from hell. And there was this badass car chase all over LA at the end. With all, with us against all of our fears. So it was like me and my granny wheelchair, which had like <laughs> fucking rockets on it. Which I mean, it really was like this awesome. Too, it was yeah. like 
like, and we shot a lot of it, so it was a lot of fun. So it was like we shot it in Santa Monica. So the granny, the bunny, the, the granny, military, the bunny, school. and the and Colonel Oates. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I've got like a like a rocket fueled wheelchair, and I'm like hurling fucking like you know clawing my way onto the van with the guys in it, ripping the roof off, and it was really really over the top. I'm like, I'm not sure it wouldn't have just scared the shit out of kids if we'd have actually. Well, that's the thing, and that's know. why I think I love that movie so much. There were a lot of parts about it that scared the shit out of me. Scared the shit out of me. I think little kids like that. So instead of like badass chase through LA, they were like, kiss, I guess works. Well, what it was was like, I watched it, I watched it the other night when we, we screened it here in LA and I hadn't watched it in years. And I was like, I wonder how it ends. And it's just like, if you think about it, we, we go to like the whole third act, the whole climax is we go to like a fucking Home Depot. Get some shit, build these like lame ass robots, and then it's over. And then there's a the movie's like, over in like five yeah. minutes. It's just like, and station what the hell? There, yeah, so it's it's <laughs> a, a fairly truncated movie, but the first three quarters I think are pretty pretty cool. I think it, I mean the the, the the take on the Seven Seal and stuff like that. Like yeah, it, that scene is great. I mean, that, Hewitt did such a good job directing that scene. So cool. Things that I I loved initially, but later in life, it's like um, I used to read Calvin and Hobbes and The mm-hmm. Far Side as a kid, and we're huge. And this was a lot of the stuff I liked as a kid. But we're was a massive fan, but didn't really even get why I should be a fan yet. Yeah. Right. And it was almost later I found out. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I mean, what's the deal with Station? <laughs> now that he brought it up. Oh man. Well, this yeah, this was a bone of contention with me and the writers because like I got <laughs> we, we started working on the script, and then I got the script to read, and I was like, oh, this is really good. And then it got to the Station thing. And I was like, I read it. I was like, yeah. I went back and read the script again. I was like, I, call, I remember calling him Ed and like, Station, that's not funny. <laughs> and he's like, no, it is funny. You, you just got to roll with me on this. We were writing. And like every time we said the word Station, we just laughed our asses off. I was like, but it's not, it's not funny. The, the word Station isn't, it's not, there are certain words that if you say them over and over again, they are funny. This is not one of those words. <laughs> Did they really think like kids were going to be out on the street afterwards, like going station? But station. they were. The, the thing totally, about it that's it so fucked that up is that is what though. happened. Yeah, yes, I guess if you is. say station to someone in the right fucking crowd, there's an instant bond, it's dude. Just, like, it shows you the evil, hideous power yeah. of the media. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can just, the you can just hurl fecal matter at the public, and yeah, they will say, go crazy over it. I was going like, I grew up. You're basically like, my childhood was mooted now. (laughs) I grew up in in Southern California, and somehow Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure managed to make us talk even more like surfer dudes. Right. Like, I didn't even think that was possible, but like... When bogus and bodacious, and that, though that's when it really got crazy, where nobody could understand what the fuck anybody was saying down here. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I, 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 this summer I went to go work. Last summer I went to go work on Cop Out with Kevin in New York, and on the first day I was meeting um, my key PA. I PA'd on it, and he was like, "Hey, good to meet you, Matt." And I was like, "Hey, what's going on, Duder?" And he goes, "Duder." <laughs> he was like, "Hey, everyone." This kid just called me Duder. Everyone was like, "Duder." So my nickname <laughs> became Duder, and throughout right. the entire summer, I'm like. What the fuck? Did people not say Duder? <laughs> and then no. I realized you made up that word in that movie. Because then I, did, I watched yeah. fucking yeah. Bill and Ted later, and I was like, holy shit, that's where Duder is from. Yeah. yeah. And then when I, I moved out to Wisconsin when I was like 20, and I didn't realize that I sounded different than other people in other parts of the country. And I started, I said rad and radical all the time, especially after Bill and Ted. And 
my friend, they make fun of me like, oh, radical, eh? Because <laughs> they, they were Canadian no, they're in Norwegian. Wisconsin. <laughs> they're Norwegians, and they say a too a lot, like, oh, don't you know, a like. They're, they're like it was. Uh, it's Bobby's it was little in Bobby's right. world. Am I right? Like, and they're making yeah. fun of you because you and, say rad. So they'd be like, oh, rad, right. uh, and I, so I, I literally erased rad from my vocabulary over the course of like three months. <laughs> right. Because they made fun of me so much. Now, man, I, I, on the other hand, choose to still only say dude, bro, man, and and you know yeah. what I mean, which. Which doesn't really help me being taken I've seriously. Kind of a, I've kind of taken it from you too. Like now that when I talk to you, I'm always like, "Yeah, man," and I'm like, "That's you're totally vibing off of me, bro." I'm, always, I I'm, I'm a yeah man guy now. You're, you're like the tie yeah, to my share Horowitz. Yeah, man. We're going with clueless analogies, totally. but, but we're we're not. Um, we used so, that last week. <laughs> so after Bogus Journey, sir, um, you you then you then you finally kind of did what you were what you went to school for almost. Right? Yeah. At that point, I was like, you know what? It's you're like uh, I got money. I don't <laughs> need to be in famous films anymore. Yeah, I guess I, I was uh, done with the day job, and uh, and we we got. Uh, we got a chance to make Freaked at 20th Century Fox. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That was, that was crazy. We, um, we got uh, a lot of money to make exactly what we wanted to make, and it was really, it was a, an insane experience because it was, you know, it started as a buttholes movie, and, and it was just a very Hollywood story that we couldn't get a $200,000 butthole surfers movie made when we modified it slightly and repitched it as a $12 million movie, we had it sold within like two weeks. He's like, don't worry, there, there won't be any butthole servers in it, just give us yeah, that money. Exactly. Forget the buttholes thing we were talking about. Oh, yeah, sure, we'll give it to you, whatever and you, you want. you got Anthony from Blossom. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we did. You're, you're gonna... You're, Last week we had a guy here who was on a show with Jenny Garth, and afterwards we were all like, we were chatting, and Brenda was like, okay, two questions. One... With Jenny Garth Nice too, did you ever meet her husband? And I was like, what? <laughs> that would be the obvious second question. Brenda, yeah. <laughs> Brendo yeah. likes TV shows. Yeah. Um, no, but you got a, you got a bunch of people on that flick. You, we did. Yeah. Got, uh, Randy, Randy Quaid. Quaid. Randy Quaid. Mr. Keanu. T. Mr. T. Burke Shields. Um, Bunch, J- Bobcat Goldthwait. John Hawks. John Hawks. Who's yeah. credited, but only has the one line, right? No, no, no. He's no, the cowboy. He's in the whole movie. Oh, is John Hawks the cowboy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit, He's just right. under a ton of makeup. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't tell. Like, that's yeah, John Hawks and I, we met on uh, a I'm Percy Avalon movie called Rosalie Goes Shopping that we did in Arkansas together. And then I loved him so much that we started working together all the time. So he was in. John was actually in Entering Texas, the Buttle Surfer short we made, which is the closest we ever got to Freaked. And then he was in the Idiot Box. He's in a bunch of episodes of the Idiot Box. He's in all the stuff that that I was doing at that time. I'm a I'm a huge fan of that. He's awesome. Work. Yeah. 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 No, so, so Freaked, if you folks haven't, I mean, if you, if anyone listening hasn't seen Freaked, it's available on Netflix now, Netflix, right? Instant Watch. Instant Watch, if you want to yep. go out and watch it, like it's stop awesome. the podcast, watch it, then come back and like be like, oh, now I, now I get it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, uh, you play a character named Ricky Coogan who is, and if you haven't seen the film, so fucking polar opposite from Bill that it, 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 it you know what I mean? Yeah. He's the anti-Bill. He's the anti-Bill. And, yeah. and, from someone who only knew you as Bill, I was like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. He's not really Bill. He's an actor. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's even more postmodern than that is I wasn't even really an actor. My head just <laughs> fucking blew up, man. Or it will, like, two hours later, I'll be walking home and it'll suck on that one. Yeah. No, so Freak, is, you play you play uh, Ricky Coogan, who's like, um, uh, maybe you should take it away. because Ricky Coogan is, a, is just it. a scumbag, ch- grown-up child actor. It was uh, an opportunity to lampoon what I just spent the last four years of my life doing. <laughs> and uh, he was kind of based on an amalgam of Bill and Jason Priestley from 90210. Or Luke <laughs> Perry. Whatever it was, I like went down to the newsstand and grabbed like a teen beat 
and just was like, went to my makeup artist and said, I want to look like these guys. You're like, who's the top you know? douchebag? So I dyed my hair brown and, you know, I cut it short and, uh, uh, yeah. So it's about this, uh, it's about this scumbag Hollywood, young Hollywood actor who goes to South America to peddle a toxic chemical and gets turned into a freak. And uh, Randy Quaid plays the carnival barker who, who runs the place. And I, you have kids, so you might be aware of this, but I mm. think you can sue Disney because that Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Oh, right. The, when, when Ricky's got the ear on and shit, like it's yeah. almost exact. Dude. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to yeah. get some lawyer, we should class action that shit because I'm sure yeah. I could think of something they sold from that. <laughs> sure. Um, so mm. you... Um, Film was, you, you wrote and directed and starred in the film, right? Yeah, with my partner, Tom Stern, that we did The Idiot Box. It was like The Idiot Box movie. It was, uh, the same gang of writers from The Idiot Box, and most of the actors from The Idiot Box were in it. Right on. And, and how was it received when it first? Well, it was received great. It wasn't distributed. Well, that, that's the thing. That's, <laughs> that's what I meant, that's what I meant to kind of broach. It got amazing reviews. You right? skipped a part. Yeah, you got to distribute a movie before it's received. So it never, it never, it never came out. Well, what happened was, is we made it for one uh, one chairman of the studio who had a lot of balls, and he had made like Naked Lunch there and a bunch of pretty irreverent movies for a major studio, which is an insane movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Totally not. Yeah. Which once I mentioned Naked Lunch, my friends Jeremy and Melissa right here, I was we we just seen a Peter Weller uh, Uh thing at the New Bev where he did Robocop, and and they'd mentioned Naked Lunch coming up, and I was like, you guys want to go? And uh, Jeremy had said, yeah, but it's hard to masturbate in public. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, that was possibly my favorite thing of all time. But yeah, so he, that, that producer was onto some trippy shit, obviously. Yeah, the guy for who, sure. Who gave exactly. Freak to go. Yeah. And you have to remember that, that Fox is owned by Rupert Murdoch, who's not the trippy shit guy. Yeah. Yeah. Not, so um, eventually that guy moved on elsewhere, and the people that took over the, the place, it was sort of during Dan Quayle's Family Values campaign. Yeah. There was like this whole edict to like make much, you know, and we made Freak, the, you know, it was, it was at a time where, you know, we'd done the Idiot Box. There wasn't South Park yet. There wasn't a lot of this stuff hadn't happened yet. So there wasn't really a mainstream acceptance of really fucked up humor for that demographic. The studio just did, these new guys did not know what to do with it. To, to be fair to them, they just looked at it and just scared the shit out of them. It was like, I felt like one of those guys from like some, like Reaper Madness or something where you've like fucked with the older generation. They're like, <laughs> oh my God, what have you done? What is this? These crazy kids. So they tried to market like, well, Bill and Ted are both in it. That's so, what I'm saying. They couldn't even find a marketing they, angle they, with that? Well, no, because they just didn't know what they had. I mean, we went to these test screenings where they were like bringing in like 16 year old kids who were literally like screaming curse words at the screen they hated it so much it's like they were expecting bill ted there was one kid in the middle of a screening brooke shields opened her mouth at the beginning and he just got up and screamed fuck you bitch at the top the top of his lung and i was just like that's not gonna get us the that rating number that we need the best part is that it's dude like, probably does that at every movie he goes yeah, to exactly yeah. he just like bides his time and waits for the moment he's like i'm exactly. gonna do it i'm gonna do it fuck you bitch yeah. i'm out so they just didn't they didn't know what to do with it and and so eventually they didn't do anything with it so they so we basically self the thing was is that we were we had an enormous amount of notoriety because a lot of people knew about the movie. A lot of people were watching The Idiot Box. We had, you know, the, the crew on the movie itself was in, insane. We had the best makeup artists, the best effects departments. Yeah, it was the a makeup big, on that movie incredible. I mean, yeah. So we had a groundswell of support, and then we started to hit the Toronto Film Festival. All these places took the movie. Our reviews were great. So we just self-distributed. So basically, we just called Fox and said, can we have a poster? And it's what's funny about the studios. It's like, they will shit out 80,000 posters for DVD or whatever. It's like, but when you need one, 
right? For a movie that they're not really doing anything with. It's like pulling they've teeth. made and paid for. Exactly. So it's like, can we have a print and a poster? It's all we need. And we literally took that print and that poster and went town to town, theater to theater. And so we had basically an art house release for the movie, but it played and then eventually it hit on video and then it took off and then it's been, you know, I, I got it released in the UK and then they re-released it theatrically and stuff. So, so you guys were doing the, the, the art house city to city thing, which now is, is kind of in vogue with, with a lot of smaller films before yeah. anyone was really doing that. No, right? it wasn't before anyone was doing it. It's just, you didn't do that with a studio movie. That's you didn't right. do that with a $12 million yeah. movie. It was absurd. That but had stars in it. That exactly. Had, like, Bill yeah. and Ted in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So it was, um, you know, the funny thing about the movie is that you know, from my perspective, it was a cult movie at heart. It was made from a cult perspective. It has a cult audience. It's totally successful as far as I'm concerned because really at the end of the day, that's really the movie that we wanted to make. Had that transition with that, that regime happened two months earlier, we wouldn't have finished the movie. They would just been like, what do we got in the hopper? Holy shit, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Pull. Yeah. You know? And as a result, you know, thankfully by the time, you know, that happened, we'd gotten the movie made. We were done. The thing that sucked is that we had, the most insane soundtrack lined up. Iggy Pop had called us and said he wanted oh, wow. to write the, the theme song and sang it to me over the phone. He'd written a song for our movie and he sang it to me over the phone like, I, I needed to audition. Iggy was like, sorry, Iggy, I'm uh, not interested. Um, <laughs> so we had you, Iggy Pop. And then yeah. they were like, get that guy out of here. We had all these amazing bands that were going to be on the soundtrack. And of course, we didn't have any money by the time we got to that end to, to do that. So we got the buttholes in and they did a bunch of music and a bunch of... Henry Rollins came in and did music yeah. and P-Funk came in and did music. We got everyone we knew to come in and do music, but anyone we would have to pay gobs of money to, we couldn't get. So, But, but that's so. definitely found its audience over the years. I think oh, hell yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 It's, I mean, it's, at this point, I think it's got the audience that would have gotten either way. So, I mean, everything you know? worked out in the yeah. end, right? And yeah. Hitler didn't even have to get raped. But, well, we did that, yeah. but that was off screen. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. implied. It was part of the exactly. It was, it was part, part of the part of the pot conspiracy. But other than yeah. Freak, you've directed some other films, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I did after that is I moved, I moved uh, over back over to England, and I started a commercial production company. I've been shooting commercials for twenty years, and uh, music videos and commercials and shit like that. And I made another independent movie called Fever, which was in Cannes and um, all that jazz. And now I'm doing uh, uh, The Gate. You're doing, yeah. you're doing a remake of The Gate, but before that, you've, you've done the last three like live-action Ben 10s. So, yeah, the, things, there's right? two. Yeah, two I did of those. Them, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did those for Cartoon Network. Those were for, for TV. and um, Which were like the highest rated things in Cartoon Network history. They right? were, yeah. Like, and was one of them like got six... nominated for an Emmy for Best Special Effects. Yeah, it was it like did. 16 million viewers or something? Or? Yeah. Yeah. If you translate that, that's like a $250 million movie. I know. I theaters, know. Dude. We, believe me, the, when we got those ratings, we are like, You're like James Cameron now. That's right. Yeah. Without the money. Yeah. Those love Ben 10, man. I, yeah. For some reason, um, I don't know what we wrote on our website, but we get like 50 hits a day on Brax Comics for Ben 10 something. Really? On your I don't know what comic? we wrote. Yeah, yeah. There's some keyword in there somewhere where yeah. literally <laughs> half our traffic is from it's little kids 10. searching for yeah. Ben 10. He wrote the number 10 one. Yeah. <laughs> but so that's been massively successful. And and speaking of other kids stuff though, your your new project, and know that not that the original was really a kids movie, mm -hmm. but it a lot of kids, I mean, it was there, you know. I watched it. As a kid, right? Yeah. And Jesse yeah. was telling and me about it. Scared the shit out See, of me. See, I haven't, yeah. I'm, I'm the, I'm the perspective. I've never seen the original film. You're remaking, um, The Gate, right? Mm -hmm. Which yeah. starred Stephen Dorff. Yep. That was his first movie. Yeah. yeah. Right. See, I, and I've never seen it. Uh, do you want to, uh, he was uh, 11 years old, I think. When yeah, he was super young. What's yeah, a quick sum young. up for someone like me who's never, I've heard. The about Gate it. was like a, was like a mid 80s Amblin style 
horror f- film for kids. It was PG-13, yeah. PG-PG-13. It was in the era of Poltergeist. It, it was Canadian movie, so it has this weird kind of Canadian quality to it. It's kind like of the peanut it, butter solution. <laughs> it's off. That was everyone just kind of polite and stuff. And, yeah, it's off kilter. It's like um, it has an almost Cronenberg esque quality yeah. to it. It's very surreal and uh, very seat of your pants. Tentacles grow out of kids' heads and start fucking shit. Like, it shit does get weird. <laughs> yeah, it does. He's like this kid has an eyeball in his hand at one point, and he's stabbing with like a Barbie doll. It's like it gets really weird. The point is, is that um, it's a it's a really good movie for a remake, and I'm doing it 3D. It's a really good movie for 3D in an age where a lot of movies aren't good for 3D. Um, it's it because it has a drive-in quality to it. It and has that, a very surreal quality. And that's the it. thing you're 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 in pre-production right now. You yeah. said right, but but from the start of the process, this has been intended to be a 3D film. Yeah, it's just been we've been designing 3D on this for two years, so wow. it's so like. It's not going to be one of those times where they put it through that post-conversion bullshit. It's, it's and not a uh, what we call bullshit. a retrofit movie, where you know, which is frankly going to happen less and less. Because to be fair to the studios, they just are playing catch-up. It's yeah. like so they saw the words 3D was selling. They're like, holy shit, what do we got on our roster? Okay, we'll make that 3D. We'll make and, that 3D. Yeah, and, and that's I think what audiences are smart yeah. to that now. They're like, <laughs> oh, that's that. Oh, that's that bullshit 3D. Like, yeah. So I mean, it's just it's just the studios playing catch-up. Well, you hear stories. You hear stories all the time of parents taking kids to theaters and seeing, and the kids saying, "Do we have to see it in 3D?" Right. Because I mean, the kids aren't even digging the 3D on. I mean, I've seen a few. Um, How to Train Your Dragon. I don't know if you saw. Except yeah, I did. For yeah. Avatar, which is the obvious, but yeah, there's there's been a few cases. But so How to Train Your Dragon was fantastic in 3D. That was that's what I mean. That yeah. was that was incredible and co- because Coraline. Yeah. The thing is, I don't you don't really I don't really want the gimmicky kind of and and uh, a ping pong ball in your face. Yeah. What I think 3D can really do is it adds kind of depth <laughs> and dimen- it makes yeah. it look like a diorama almost. It, it does. Yeah. 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 It's really atmospheric. And that, and so. that must work amazing for a horror film like The Gate. Well, right? it does. Everything's in a house. I mean, the film I'm making is more less than the original. Is more like um, is more like Robert Wise's The Haunting, which is one of my favorite yeah, movies of all time. Yeah. And this is kind of like The Haunting. You know, it's three kids in a house. The house has a lot of. It's a very weird thing that starts to happen to the house. We're building the whole house as a set, so we can really do crazy shit with it. Um, so it's really ripe for for 3D. That's awesome. Yeah. Have you been, have you been going out and like st- uh, re- comparative shopping, as it were, like re- seeing a lot of three D films? Yeah, and stuff we've like been that. in three D school for a while, and it, you know when it doesn't work, it it hurts. I mean, it physically hurts when you see these movies that are retrofitted. It hurts. I feel really bad for the directors when it happens to them because they didn't make the movie that way. Yeah. The effects guys didn't do the effects that way. Nothing was shot that way. So. There's a lot. I mean, 3D is really tricky for 3D to work. It has to be. It has to. Be has a, to be designed. It has to be designed. The shot. Yeah. It has to be shot a certain way. It's got. Yeah. It's got to be lit a certain way. And all oh, that totally. Kind of stuff, yeah. Right? Yeah. Mean, you yeah. lose a lot of light level, so you have to shoot it and light it a certain way. Totally. That's awesome, man. And you guys, so, you said you're shooting in Germany, right? We're shooting in Germany. Yeah. Speaking of our, our that's just so we can <laughs> fuck with Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Because he's still alive and because he's smoking he's a lot of weed. Exactly. You're going to cast him in the film and be like, it's yeah. a great part or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know? That's right. It's a damn fine part. That's right. We're going to give him a ball and get him high and then sodomize him. Yeah. You're like, your uh. part is we lock you in the basement with that big ginger guy. He's like, not again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the humanity. So yeah. then, um, sorry, if we're done with the gate for now, the other thing on everybody's <laughs> mind is, um, and I know it's been all over the news lately. For, I mean, uh, okay, sorry. This guy over he just, here, he right? He just stopped me. So I, keep I, talking. Well, we, we were talking about the gate for a second. I'm so, sorry. I'm sorry. I thought we'd move. That was some inner power. Brendo, I will smack you and kiss you with after this at the same time. So stop it. Um, <laughs> so okay. you're pre on the gate right now. That shooting uh, soon. When when can we expect that out? Do you think? Uh, in about a year. 
awesome in theaters and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. big yeah, the 3D, yeah, yeah. yeah, the whole the whole shebang bang. Now, um, I mean, I would, I would, I would definitely get slaughtered on the internet if I didn't bring it up, sir. Um, yeah, I got ten tweets from We've people. Lost Boys yeah. Six, is it really <laughs> happening? Yeah. yeah, me and Corey yeah. have. Um, <laughs> We've been plotting this for a long yeah, time. Yeah, we feel like coming back. Marco's return. Yeah, right? yeah, you're the star. Yeah, I'm actually going to call myself Hermosa in this one just oh, to okay. fuck with people. But um, uh, no, no, yeah, because I got killed in the first one, so I'm going to come back as a Puerto Rican gangster. Yeah, you're like yeah. this is how I got reincarnated. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Hello. Um, <laughs> no, but Bill and Ted Three, sir. I mean, right. we've been. I've been. It's been about a month now of every day I see. Well, what happened was we the the guys at the New Beverly Theater, which is a theater in L.A. Great, great, great Absolutely. movie theater. Quentin Tarantino bought it recently. Yep. It's an awesome theater. Yeah, saved yeah. saved one of the best theaters in L.A. for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, they showed both movies, and we went and talked, and and some little kid came up and asked me if there was going to be a third one, and I basically said no, but um, I'll, you know, I'll sign your your Bill and Ted balloon. And uh, they, a, they and, make Bill and Ted balloons. Yeah, they did. And so then oh, that got oh, translated into, oh yes, absolutely, we're making a third one, and we start shooting next Thursday. And then that just like hit the net like wildfire. It was nuts. For I mean, like, I know. Still kind but of the thing was, this is, you realize it's like you know because I don't really do that much stuff in the press now. You just realize how much bullshit is out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> because it's like it couldn't have been more antithetical to what I actually. It was like I, I called one friend of mine at one of the big you know um, entertainment industry blogs, which shall, shall remain nameless. And I was like, dude, this is not at all what I said. Uh, don't you know what your printing is basically the opposite of what I said? He's like, I don't care. <laughs> it's people people like, like it's it. a good we story. We get traffic. We're getting hits. We're making money. <laughs> exactly. They don't give a shit. But, but the thing is, so, this isn't the first whatever. time a third film has been mentioned because I don't know how many years back I had heard that you and you and Keanu Reeves had, had discussed an idea about. Um, waiting till you were like in your late forties, early fifties. Look, is that true you, too? All, all four of us are really good friends. You know, me and Keanu and Chris and Ed are all really good friends. We talk mm-hmm. all the time. So, you know, if Keanu's in an interview and they're like Bill and Ted three, and we just happen to have been like fucking around with some dumb idea, he will say that in an interview, and then the internet goes wild. It's become like canon. Yeah. Like, yeah, people. But are to waiting. be fair to Reeves, what he might have said was, "No, absolutely not. It will never happen." That turned into me and Al were talking about Bill and Ted. We're gonna last be week. lounge lizards, and <laughs> Hitler's gonna be I mean, in it. That's right. <laughs> it's gonna I mean, be fun. Yeah. So as of right now, uh, final word on Bill and Ted three. We've got we've got the source to, to quiet the internet. Uh, no comment. Ooh. <laughs> oh, ooh. Well, then how about a, how's that? How about a follow-up question? Will Dude, I'm in show business. Show? Do you really think that I tell the truth? <laughs> Who are you, how sir? How did you assume that the thing I told the kid wasn't bullshit? I have now a, my entire world is How's that for an enigma crazy. wrapped in a mystery, wrapped in a riddle? I have Where another, is the truth? I have another question from you the... You can't even handle the truth. <laughs> I have another question from the audience, from our good friend Ryan Gates. Um, what happened to the phone booths? Which one? Oh, the one we shot with? Yeah. Oh, hell, I don't know, man. I mean, that thing was... in some other movie, or just... It was just... Oh, he yeah. means actual phone booth. Oh, booths. all right. Yes. Yeah, so okay, as, like, he as, as the foremost world authority on phone booths... He doesn't work for the phone company. <laughs> no, but that's, that's actually... It's funny you bring that up, though, because... um, we'll, we'll wrap it up soon, but... The other big thing on the internet recently, and another big franchise from the same time period, was Back to the Future, and everyone's been saying uh, Justin Bieber... Back to the Future reboot oh, remake, God. which I yeah. Um, <laughs> how are your? What are your feelings on? 
Someone rebooting the Bill and Ted franchise. Well, they talked about doing it. I mean, you can't stop this shit. You know what I mean? They no. made a series. They made that god-awful live-action series of Bill and Ted. You can't stop it. You know, I mean, I didn't enjoy walking down like this, you know, the, the aisles of the, my local Safeway and finding my face on a cereal box. So, you know. I would have loved it. I'd be like, I'm getting that cereal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just stare at myself yeah. while I eat. I'm going to eat me all day but, uh, long. I'll yeah. be like, look at you eating. <laughs> but it's, um, you can't stop. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it would be sad for it to happen. But, I mean, a lot of people, you know, someone asked me this about The Gate the other day. Like, you know, there's a lot of people love the original movie. They want to make sure you don't fuck it up. And I was like, look, with all due respect, it's like, you know, and this is how I feel about it, about other Bill and Ted's or other these DVD The Lost Boys or whatever. It's like, I really couldn't give a shit. I mean, the originals, it's not like someone takes the original and sticks it in a vault. You can't watch it anymore. It's not like we're Lucas you know? shit. I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah, exactly. It's like, right. He's <laughs> like, um, and uh, how I originally tended was um, instead of Rufus, it was a do-back. And uh, Jabba <laughs> yeah. the Hutt played Joan of Arc. Thank you. Uh-huh. Fuck off. Buy the yeah. toys. I mean, people get so freaked out about this shit. And it's like, you know, like good examples like these, this... Uh, there was that Let the Right One In, that exactly. movie that came That's, out, right? Oh, yeah. People. And then they made this new one, and I was looking at the trailer for it, and I was like, it's exactly the fucking same as the it's other the one. Exact fucking and movie, like, yeah. and I've got so much heat lately in the press from people like, oh, you better not mess with the original game. I'm like, why the fuck would I make the gate exactly like the original gate? You're like, exactly. I'm not Gus Van Sant. I'm not doing idiot. a shot for shot <laughs> like, remake. What would be the point of making the movie exactly like the other movie? Just no, this movie is not going to be like the original gate. You should live just, with it. You should just fuck with people and be like, yeah, it's the exact same, <laughs> and we're getting Stephen Dorff to replace the role as the kid. <laughs> exactly. Time machines are involved. So Go like, with me. So if they come and they make a reboot, like, you know, you think about it, these reboots, they come so fast. Like, I remember the other day I was like looking at, I was watching The Little Rascals with my kid. I was like, Oh, I wonder why no one's done the little rascals like they oh, totally, I guess they did. They totally did, yeah. I mean, who fucking cares? It's like if it's yeah. if it's not gonna be any good or it's gonna be generic, it won't stand the test of time. It'll go as fast as it comes out, and it's like it doesn't matter. I just don't think it matters. It's a shame, I think, if they reboot it, because it, it won't have, you know, the language or wow, they're he's, but he's right though. There are no fucking phone booths. What would they be on iPhones and everyone <laughs> everyone I, hold hands or something? Like, someone yeah. gave me the script of the Time reboot. Travel. There was a script of a of a Bill and Ted reboot, and I couldn't I just didn't have the energy to read it. But <laughs> but and, but someone told me that it was a cell they go through a cell phone, which I thought was like the most lazy ass. Yeah. It was like, well, there's no phone booth, so let's have them use a cell phone. Yeah. It doesn't make <laughs> like, any sense. How would station they couldn't even get, get in past a cell phone? <laughs> Exactly. So I don't know. I mean, you know, if we did another one, I, I would just bring back a phone booth. I mean, whatever. Yeah. You're like, we kept in our garage. Because we're lazy, yeah. Well, yeah. You still got the phone them, booth. They had them in the Bill and Ted future. Yeah. Because they made the, you know, like... Thanks, it's now been justified. That answers your yeah. question. It got justified <laughs> here, here we go. tonight. Now that it's scientifically proven from the Bill and Ted future. <laughs> it's like, wait, shouldn't yeah. you be in the band right now, actually? That's right. That's, I should, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. wait a minute, actor. I forgot. I'm so sorry, dude. Right. Um, thank you for joining us, yeah, buddy. Yeah, that, was, that was a lot of fun. And we would right. thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys. And we would, anytime you would ever want to come back, we would love to have you, sir. Cool. Talk about some more stuff. Um, Brendo, I, we would be remiss if we don't do this week this week because we keep forgetting. Uh, folks, thank you for listening to Bag and Mortar. You can check me out on Twitter at Cameltoad, Brendo. I, I'm Brendo Man. You can also check me out on BraxComics.com. That's right. And make sure to subscribe to the Bag and Mortar uh, on iTunes. Check out BagandMortar.com, FredEntertainment.com, SmartCast.com. Come out and see us again real soon, folks. I'm Matt Cohen. I'm Brendan Creasy. It's been Bag and Mortar. It's been real. What? Uh.
You've been listening to a podcast from a site called Fred.com.